0: It's time for Confessions of a Serial Salesman. Author, expert sales trainer, and serial entrepreneur Steve Nudelberg wants to help you change your life and your business using his 27 roles for influencers and leaders. Tell me something good. This is the Confessions of a Serial Salesman podcast with Steve Nudelberg. Here's Josh Cohen. I'm going to let you introduce our guest, because you claim that this young man is the physical embodiment of everything that your book, Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the 27 Rules for Influencers and Leaders, that will change your life and business, you claim he is the personification, the embodiment, if you will, of that book.
1: Well, it would be true. So, before I get started, I just want to say, the response I get from people about the work that you're doing on this show is amazing. Everybody is just saying, you know what, the... The show moves. We make sure that it's the best 30 I'm, minutes. I'm
0: carrying you. And you are carrying For me, sure. So thank you. Thank you for that. Well, my back hurts at the end of the day, but it's the least I can do. Because hey, the I, meter's running. It happens. We've got to pay the rent somehow. So well, thank, thank you to all of them. Yes. That, uh, all that, three of them. That recognize. Thank you to all three of you that recognize. I carry Steve. And uh, it's, <laughs> it's kind of like if I got with uh, Bill Gates and said, let's put both of our net worths into a pile and split it. Like, I would be the beneficiary of that. You're the beneficiary. <laughs> you for are sure on fire for today. For certain
1: of this. On fire today, my
0: friend. <laughs> Listen, your guest <laughs> knows you. He's he's laughing because he's like, somebody's <laughs> finally calling Noodleberg <laughs> on his bullshit. True. That's me. Yay, I love it. So, regardless. So, anyway, regardless.
1: I'm going to so. tell a story, a quick story about my friend, Philemon Lopez. The Philemon Lopez. The Philemon Lopez. So I'm going to go back. It's got to be 15 some odd years ago. 2002. 2002. And by the way, since he's so rude, let me welcome you.
0: Welcome. Great Thank to have you, you with Thank us. Thank you. Yes. Great well, to okay. be here. It's yes. part of that carrying process. I'm off, I'm off my game a little bit. Well, you're nervous. Well, I'm not nervous. I'm excited. Well, you get you're nervous around me because I'm true talent. Without a doubt. Philemon's tr- legitimately successful. You know, let me tell a story. By all means.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so So 2002, I go to a Panthers charity event at the Diplomat Hotel. Yeah. and I am there having a great time, and I notice this gentleman um, at the um, charity at the uh, silent, auction, silent auction trying to get a Don Shula signed football. Uh-huh. And I see he signs a certain number, and then all of a sudden, there's a guy <laughs> jumps right on it, signs another one. You uh, know that guy? Sure. There's always that guy that sitting guy. there yep. every time he does something. So I don't know Philemon, but I pull him aside and I said, "Hey, listen." I do a lot of work with Coachula. Mm-hmm. I'll be happy to get you a personalized autograph ball right. if you just keep running it up and then let him win it. Very nice. Okay, so the charity does good. Charity wins. Charity wins and you know, Philemon you donate. wins great. Everybody wins. So sure enough, I speak to his assistant. I we set an appointment for me to come or a visit for me to come to his office. I come to his office and I bring the signed ball to Philemon and I present it to him and he goes, Okay. What do you want to sell me? Uh-huh. And I look at him and I go, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh-huh. True story. True story. True story. And, I, and, and he goes, everybody that gets time in my office, they right. were brand new. They had just taken over the AT and T cable system.
0: And this is Comcast. Comcast. Right? Correct. Yeah, we got to explain to folks a long-standing history at Comcast. And actually, the president of Comcast University wrote that as a matter of fact. Thank you. Right. So, so long story short, years. Thirty years with yeah, Comcast. Thirty years
2: with Comcast. Yeah, but. It's interesting that that anecdote because uh, first of all, I, I wasn't sure that he was going to deliver the football. Right. <laughs> but he said it with such confidence and such energy as he always does. I said, "Well, we'll see." And then he comes to my office, and I had just gotten into the market. We had just acquired AT and T Broadband, and you know, my responsibility was to you know launch the brand of Comcast and mm-hmm. and really unify the marketplace. And uh, everybody was coming in to pitch me something. Sure. The networks, ESPN included, were terrific working with me uh, to to really work on the brands and and all that, and that's why I asked the question. So, what what are you here to sell me? And he said nothing. I was
1: shocked. True story. I did, I, so I said, How could I sell you something? I don't even know you. I don't know what you're trying to do. And he was stunned. And wouldn't you know it, we developed a friendship. And then shortly thereafter, he did hire me. So. You know, the the story that I take away and why I love him and everything that I learned from being around him was just this genuine, you know, he was a great guy. He was great to his people. He had integrity. And all of the things that I talk about that make people great, mm-hmm. he exhibited, he shared it with people. He was a mentor.
0: He taught me so much in the years that he paid me. <laughs> Philemon, I am often skeptical of people that want to be too nice too fast. Somebody wants to be my friend super fast, a young lady's being overly friendly. I'm always skeptical. I agree. Because while I'm a great person that you might want to hang out with for a little bit, I know that I'm not that likable. You want something from me. And for the ladies that are trying too fast too soon, I know I'm not that good looking. I'm not not George Clooney. There's some other agenda. You are surprised when someone wants to do something, make something happen without wanting anything in return.
2: Exactly. And and to follow up the story, uh, we wanted, I wanted to introduce the company using an icon in, in in Florida. Yes. And I wanted to do it for the Hispanic market and mm-hmm. I wanted to do it for the general market. And uh, who better than Dan Marino for, for the general market and I'm scratching my head. How do I get to Dan Marino? Mm-hmm. And uh, and we began the relationship. And, and right. one of the things that that I learned dealing with Steve is he's the ultimate networker. Yes, he he can connect dots all over the map. And uh, and so all of a sudden here, you know, we're having a meeting about doing something with Dan Marino and the foundation. And uh, we, which we ultimately did, and it was highly successful for us, introducing uh, in that at that time high-speed data, which was the internet mm-hmm. uh, and wow. digital. I know it's crazy. <laughs> isn't it? High we, speed you data. probably forgot about that. You know what? You, I pro- totally forgot, you probably right? forgot about That's that. It. And subsequent to that, uh, on the Hispanic side, I. I uh, worked with a woman Daisy Fuentes I don't know if you remember Of course her. I remember
0: Daisy Fu- from MTV one of the original yeah, one, one, of, the, one of the second generation second generation of the, of the VJs
2: and uh, and that was also widely successful and uh but uh but the whole Dan Marino uh project with the foundation and then we established a really good relationship with the foundation that exists today. Yeah. And uh, and we think, and I think, what uh, Dan Marino and the foundation do is, is remarkable. But, you know, on top of that, we had a Super Bowl come into Jacksonville. You remember That's that? That's exactly right. And, wow. Uh, How and, appropriate now
1: with Jacksonville. Yeah. yeah and right.
2: and Steve, you know, if you know Steve and as, as mm-hmm. well as you do, of he, course. he's so and He's He's got ideas <laughs> coming. And, you know, it's like a menu of, of you know, ideas. Let's throw it all against the wall and try to figure out what, what sticks. Right. In, uh, and we ended up having a successful uh,
1: Super Bowl promotion. Working with HBO. Yeah, working with HBO. I yeah, working yeah, it with really HBO. yeah, it was really cool. It, it was phenomenal. It was a phenomenal. If you remember correctly, it was like 25 degrees in
0: Jacksonville. It was freezing. <laughs> that was, was, a was, yeah, was a cold. It was a cold time. Super Bowl. Yeah. And it all was this came about because I believe, and, and you lived it, we don't like to be sold. We like to be informed. Perfect. We like to connect, exactly. but we don't like the action of somebody selling us, do we?
2: I agree completely, completely. And and uh, and what we—it's almost innate.
0: It's almost biological. It is. It's almost innate. We don't want somebody selling us. We know when they are, and it's just—it's an—it's an uncomfortable thing. So, so in that meeting,
1: I genuinely wanted to meet him, get to know him, learn a lot about him, and I had—I put real value on the relationship. We ultimately became. Best friends, yep. family. I've worked with his boys. He has two, uh, three great boys. Two that I worked with on a regular basis. One that actually worked in our firm. I mean, you know, so, yep. who are all very successful. So this wasn't just a transaction. Right. This was taking, you know, and, and he, he, you know, one of the reasons why I'm so excited that he's here is he has so much to offer. When when you write a university curriculum for a company like. Comcast, yeah, it basically mapped out every waking part about who we are, what we are, how we act, how we treat the people, how we're a good corporate citizen. I mean, it was really, really meaty stuff. And then, you know, it, incredible that I have a book now, but he used to give me books on a regular basis, yeah. which was your thing to employees.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I, I spent 18 years in the media sales business mm-hmm. and I was always a firm believer that you got to train your sales force. Uh, and you got to train them to do it right. You have to go through essentially the principles that that Steve outlines in his book. Uh, and it was that you know passion for training that got me to Comcast University. Mm-hmm. Uh, our president at the time, Steve Burke, wanted to launch a Disney-like Disney Institute-like uh, organization. He came from Disney. Mm-hmm and uh so i was able to put a team together and we began to write the curriculum to write you know th- different things and of course that exploded now because you know comcast exploded in sure. 2011 with of that course, of employees alone yeah, yeah with great. the acquisition of of uh, NBC universal when i started with comcast we had about 2500 employees now there's over 140,000 it's amazing And uh, it was uh, went
0: from a cable provider that aired the network to then owning the network and then owning actually the production of the movies and the television that air on the network and those networks.
2: And at the time when I joined it, I think the company was doing about $800, $900 million in in revenue. And now, you know, they're doing... Well, you knew Brian and you knew his dad. I mean, Ralph. Ralph. Well, we were so small, you know, we all got to know each other and and he, he won...
1: Comcast in a card game, right? Uh, Well, there's all (laughs) kinds of stories about (laughs) that. Wait a minute is there is there a story here?
2: No, not really. Yeah, you know, not really. (laughs) Philip
0: Lopez joins us on the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, thirteenth episode. Regional president of Comcast thirty years, and as Steve said, you are the embodiment of his book. Uh, A rule that we're covering today is rule number seven, and we've not discussed this yet. Read and write. What does that mean, just on the surface, read and write to you, Steve?
1: Well, well certainly, you know, during the time I met uh, Philemon, I was, you know, building this successful marketing and sales organization. Things were great. He constantly put new thinking in front of me mm-hmm. in the form of a book and said, Here's something you should read, and just validated over and over, Here's something. Here's something. Did it with his employees. Did it with his management team. With my sons. With your, th- with your sons. And so it was this constant. Every time you were around him, you were learning something new. He would quote books and talk about books, and then in turn, he would ask people to write about. Would you learn? You know, what how you digest it. And so this whole give and take about how to continue to get better through that learning. You know, of reading and writing. I think. You know, and certainly your prof- your library was.
2: Yeah, it was very extensive, and and at at times I tried to get the author even to come in and do a a talk, do a seminar. Uh, But it was beyond the books. It was was trying to really convey what's important and how you're going to get better. Uh, And it was my philosophy, if I can get you to be personally better, you're going to be professionally better. So hmm. you got to focus on the person first. Isn't there
0: resistance to that? Aren't a lot of these folks in sales believe that their way is the best way and, they're right, and they don't need to improve?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Particularly if they have been successful. Sure. Um, and so that happened to me in a transition back in the early 90s when I, when I transitioned an entire team. And I was running up against those, uh,
0: those salespeople. I've been successful. I don't I've need to get su- I better. Need, and I don't need your way.
2: So I started focusing on the on the uh, core competencies of sales and started recruiting people that never sold, taught them a sales process, and started being successful and passing the the people that were doing it before. And then all of a sudden they said, "Wait a minute, what are you guys doing?" <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's like so they started adopting
1: some some of the things that. Um,
2: that we were teaching them. But
1: the, the cool thing is that it, it was across a lot of different categories too. what, okay. you know, uh, being in sales, a part of sales is customer service. You know, I, I remember distinctly yeah. as I started working and consulting with some of these ideas, I said something to fill <laughs> in a meeting. I go, so how really, how important is someone's cable bill? And he goes, watch this. <laughs> and we went to lunch and we wound up sitting there and, uh-huh. um, or it might've been a happy hour and we were sitting there having a drink and we asked, Lunch uh, the, sounds better. <laughs> and, and we're sitting there and Lunch. we asked the the
0: uh, servant, they go, um, w- what do you think about your cable company? Right. And it was
1: like, whoa. Boom,
0: it's, People, know, it's one of those things like service to your air conditioning or, or brakes on your car. Right. People don't want to pay for it. No. And they're never fully happy. They, they never give praise and thanks. They only show their oh, anger was, and yes. disgust. And, and you see it on Twitter nonstop and on social media. But it's one of those things that you're you're fighting that battle of, People never are satisfied, and if they are, they don't express that. Right, like they do with a restaurant. They go to a restaurant, they brave about a restaurant. Nobody goes, "Wow, well, my cable came in great today. I got to see all my shows in HD." Right. No one does that How about no. being grateful.
2: Right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, and it's a very transactional business, and, and you are dealing with millions and millions of people. And uh, and the other piece that people don't understand is the economics of the business. You know, they don't at all. We have to pay you know, networks like ESPN and CNN and others uh, on a monthly basis, mm-hmm. you know, the right to carry them. And uh, we have to pass that on to, to the consumer. But, um, but you know, we also had very good customers that would, you know, from time to time, you know, take the time to write a note or, or call in and, and say, hey, I just want you to know that such and such did a great job. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so what we try to do is try to focus on those that were doing great and learn from them, too. Uh, on the Hispanic side, when we came, when I came into the market, uh, I, I had never marketed high speed data. I had never marketed digital cable, but I had a call center full of Hispanic uh, customer service reps right. that they understood. They and and I pulled them in and I said, "Guys, you got, you're gonna have to help me teach me the products, teach me the product, and help me write in Spanish." Uh, our creative helped me write in spanish our our manuals helped me write and it was the beginning of uh what is now still the fastest hispanic you know growing hispanic market for the company uh which is you know south florida and uh but it was it was it was uh it was a challenging
1: thing to do but uh but it was important and uh and those people felt a part of the company right. I, I was going to ask you it, if yeah. they felt value. Yeah. Oh, they, they weren't just
0: answering a phone and Boogie they had buzzing. the input and yeah. the ability. Yeah, yeah.
2: And and we did a lot. And and Steve also helped me a lot with uh, motivation because you know my goal was to drive employee engagement up. And one wow. of the things is you got to give them a sense of purpose. You have to give them a sense of belonging, and you have to give them a sense of growth and development. But at the same time, you know they they want to feel inspired yes and uh you you remember
1: junior i was just yeah, i was thinking it in my head and you know, who's junior junior say junior say okay the yeah. junior say junior junior buddy. buddy buddy he was God a real real, real good friend of ours he buddy. was and he was
2: he was an amazing amazing oh, guy God. uh yeah. you know he didn't know me from adam I mean, and we became really good friends yeah and uh uh, the drop I remember over when hat. he visited? Right? Yeah, the <laughs> drop of a hat, we would call him and say, "Hey, can you come over and say hi to our nine hundred, you know, customer service representatives?" And you know, he came in and he was like a rock star, buddy. but didn't behave like a rock star, right? You know, everybody wanted to take their picture with him. Of he did. Uh, he wasn't,
1: you know, he was a really down-to-earth kind of mm-hmm. guy. That could be one of my favorite memories yeah. of all. A- and being in that call center, they were being monitored by. Time to stats, answer, all time to call. I mean, it was crazy. It was such an education for me yeah. about the metrics of how to handle, you know, people don't want to be waiting on the phone. No, they do And so Junior plugged right into all of that yeah. and, you know, really from an emotions, it was great. Oh, yeah. Was, he,
2: he he was terrific. I, I can't say enough. I mean, we had other people come in, and, and they weren't as, as – uh, sincere, sincere. Yeah. And, and, you know, and he was, he was just terrific. Plus we had some really good time. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. He, he was a great guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but,
1: but you know what, the takeaway from that is that he was always focused on how things would affect the employees all the way down to you know, the, the, the janitor they want to feel included. Don't they, they were the first company I ever knew to have a gym, you yep. know, way, way back when, you yeah. know, yeah. the, the environment in that building Was and and when you walked in, the call center was like a football field. I mean, it was it went on and on, on and on and on and on. Nine hundred seats.
0: Yeah, nine hundred seats in the call center, And,
1: and and it was such a family atmosphere. That it was intoxicating. I mean, people, you know, the as, as cult like as you could be, it was great. It was fantastic in the in good a, way. In, the, in, a, totally, a good in a good way. In a yeah, good way. totally. I well, mean, they, that you know, but, they're buying but, in. So, so there's they're this term in and selling out. There's this you know. term that I use when I, you know, consulting other companies now that the fish really stinks from the head down. You know, so that what does that mean? That means if the head guy doesn't buy into it on a genuine basis, it's never going to trickle goes. down. Mm-hmm. You know, and so. He was so plugged in and so about employee engagement. That's a good buzzword now. We're talking about twenty years ago, engagement. you know, eighteen engagement. years ago. You got to get them engaged. Yeah, they were engaged. They were, and, and you know the the nature of how people reacted to the cable business. There was a lot of you know good, and there was a lot of bad. So you right. were these were all ambassadors. It was just a really interesting
0: time but let's visit back to a point that i made earlier because i'm realizing that it's a different selling approach and different growth approach and motivation approach when you are providing goods or services that are necessities not wants when they are nobody's like yeah i'm gonna get new brakes on my car nobody's like yeah we're gonna get maintenance done on our air conditioning these aren't fun things like vacations and new sports cars and restaurants where you're going to have an outstanding meal cable television you were confronted with the fact that people aren't really happy and express it. They only express when they're unhappy. They're paying right. more than they feel they should. No one's excited about it until they get it back once it's gone away, and then they complain anyways. Yeah. That's a different approach that you need to market and sell anyway, isn't it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And and it's interesting because you know it's no longer just cable. It's just internet. It's phone. Is uh, now you know wireless. We have hotspots too everywhere. Sure. And uh, and I think the 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 important thing for or employees to realize in, in the sense of purpose is we're really connecting people to what's important in their lives because without that, those connections, you know, it's
1: very difficult to, to you know, to operate today. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, people take so much for granted. I remember being in your office with a couple of the guys from Publix and you were showing video on demand. Yeah. And yeah. it was like this mind-blowing, what, you can stop live TV? I mean, it was, so, it was basically magic. Or when the DVR came out. Right, right, exactly. That's what I meant. We we had a group from
2: Sony uh, from Japan, and um, it just happened that they were passing through Miami, and uh, somebody in Philadelphia called me and said, you know, can you do a demo for these guys on how this system is going to operate? And, you know, they were blown away, too. And, you know, they didn't speak English, we didn't speak Japanese. But I, I can understand, oh, <laughs> you know, that meant good, you know. Enthusiasm and <clears throat> enthusiasm. enthusiasm. yeah. But the interesting thing about that, we had to get a really young guy to come in. Um, you know, younger people are, are more apt to, to to technology, though that's changing a lot. Cause
0: early adapters. Yeah,
2: early adapters. Um, and, uh, and it was a phenomenal experience, and they particularly loved the karaoke at the time, you know. Um, but, yeah, it was it was new technology. And if you look at what, what is now the X1 platform, uh, it's an amazing technology. Um, and, by the way, it doesn't just come uh, about in a vacuum, you know, just to give you an idea. If you don't have it, uh, I encourage you to look at it. The talking remote, you know, you no right. longer have to change the channel. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. You just Is that say, available now? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, you just say you know CNN, and, and it turns to CNN. You, oh, that's if awesome. you want to see uh, movies from Denzel Washington, you just press so, and say and Denzel will Washington. And it finds
1: you Denzel oh, my. All the movies that that. He that's had. next level laziness.
0: That's, you don't have to <laughs> even use your fingers. You can just say it. Just plug in the intravenous, amazing. and we're, we're. I mean, <laughs> it, you
2: know, the the technology has evolved uh, to a degree that uh, that it's amazing. But that talking uh, remote, uh, we worked with uh, the Miami Lighthouse for the Blind. Um, they have amazing uh, people working there. They have amazing connections, and uh, they had engineers, obviously that that had vision issues. But they helped our team in Philadelphia, you know, come up with ideas and figure out how to how to test this how about this, that? this this thing.
1: So I want to bring up, uh, let's kind of switch the conversation, if we can. Because one of the things that great people have is they have great passion for what they do. Sure. And that sort of bleeds into everything else That's how they become great. That's how, you know, and so um, he was always very passionate about the people. And then he turned his passion to photography. And he is an amazing, amazing photographer. Amazing. Um, For uh, the longest time in my office, I had the picture of the eagle that you did for us, which was he takes unbelievable pictures and i don't know what you're doing with that what, what, what are you doing with it now? mostly um i donate for charity uh nice. i create you know
2: big canvas uh a photographs photographs images and i travel you know around the world I, there's a lot of places i haven't been to and uh, people are amazed because i was born legally blind actually and i can't really i don't have the use of my left eye really anymore. But I can still shoot with my right eye. <laughs> okay. But uh, but I developed this this keen love and passion for photography, for image uh, making, and uh, and I love it. I I, I did uh, wildlife for the longest time, and then I started adding travel and culture. And been to uh, Myanmar, been to Cuba five times. Oh,
1: some of the stuff. If you go to his gallery, which you know, tell, I don't know where they can find your yes. gallery. Yeah, Philemon
2: Lopez Photography.
1: Uh, un- Philemon
0: Lopez Photography. Yeah. The, the, the
1: stuff is so incredible. The, the in-depth uh, personality of some of the animals and some of the trips and the faces and, you know, really, you know, I, I mean, to have, you know, take that passion to the level you have. Yeah. As a matter of fact... Um, Talking about networking. Yes, um, one letter away from not working. Full <laughs> twenty in the book. When not working we, is one letter away when from not. he working. started the photo business with Warren. Yep, he Warren's was the chief advisor. I mean, yep. so yep. I put well, really? those guys together. Yeah, because he had a passion for the understanding of how people take photography, uh, photographs, why they take them, and so uh, you know that's that's kind of the
0: perfect world if you take connecting and networking always, you know,
2: always, yeah. always, and
0: organic relationships
2: and and getting better through through either networking, through and talking not just to willing, people. And not just willing to get better, but wanting to. Wanting Cause to. Because there's a difference, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. You know, you can't get motivated to read the book unless you want to.
1: Right. That right. I mean, I, can't,
2: right. I cannot beat this into your head. You can't put it under your pillow and, and you know, magically it's going to go into your head. You have to have the motivation to pick it up, underline it, read it, and then apply it, which is the key. And that's, you know, some of the programs we had uh, at the time we would, you know, um, uh, Select high potential individuals for our leadership programs, mm-hmm. and we would we would really put them through the paces.
0: What do you what are you seeing them in common? Aren't they self starters? Aren't they self motivated? The people that could truly be great for Aren't the, the most ones part that take the initiative. Off yeah, them?
2: for the most part. Yeah, absolutely. Some some just need somebody to believe in them, and they've never had anybody to believe in. them. Really? Yeah. I mean, some people are beaten down all through their childhood or whatever.
0: You know, uh, so you recognize the potential just, they don't.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I tell you a brief story in California. One of my managers called me up and says, you know, there's a sales guy here that I want to hire. Uh, and I said, what's his experience? And I said, he, he was a homeless street guy and mm-hmm. I said, what? Yeah. <laughs> you, you want to hire? And, uh, and I said, I don't know. How, how, how's he going to do? You know, he, and he's got a lot of passion. He's, he's actually educated. He can read. He can write. And and I said, if you want to take the chance on the guy, you know, go for it. You have a stable of, of salespeople that, that can carry him. And he ended up being a great sales guy in, uh, and wow. doing very well. But he went from being homeless, and he had six kids. Wow. You That's know. amazing. So,
0: But the potential was recognized.
2: Recognized, and then was developed. Because you know you
1: had to train these people, but you can't train passion. So
0: the no, guy had passion. you, you, know, you can't um, you
2: know? There's some that, things you can't train. Right. In my experience, you can't you can't really motivate anybody to do
1: anything they don't want to do.
2: Right? You can't train common sense. That's and, been and my one of my the experience. coolest takeaways
1: about Philemon is that when you watch the video about his retirement, um, the people's all across the board senior people at NBC at Comcast said the thing we'll miss is that he's just the nicest guy. Am I right? I mean, most most of the time when somebody's, you know, pushing information at you and drilling mm. down into stuff like that, they don't normally equate that with nice. No. They may walk away going grateful that they did it, but nice wouldn't be one of those. And so his delivery was always, you know, he'd lull you into. <laughs> My people
2: would say, you know, you could be a teddy bear, but the grizzly every now and then
0: shows up. <laughs> And then you got to be careful. Sooner or later, the real you is revealed. Yeah, Yeah. and all of this came about because Steve was decent at forging a a Don Shula autograph. I don't know if it was forged. All this came about. All this came about because you were pretty good at faking a signature. Uh, No,
2: no, no, no. In in the years that that we did business, which was a long time, uh, you know, the the deliverables were there. Yeah, Uh, and you know, the thing that I used to tell my staff is. They, they would say why don't you just hire Steve I said if I hire him today I have to fire him tomorrow correct I remember Fear you though saying yeah that. because you know he, he I, he's not a, a corporate America type guy he's, he's an entrepreneur bird. he he, yeah. he you know yeah. it's like putting a lion in a cage
0: you know it's imp- an it important though that people recognize themselves yeah because the folks listening right now are either the decision makers or they're the sales folks that want to succeed like you guys have right Shouldn't they recognize? Maybe they don't belong in this box. Maybe they are entrepreneur. Maybe they're not supposed to be corporate.
2: Right. And and to me, what he brought to the table was lots of ideas, which then I I could with my team we could choose. Right. We could say, okay, the street teams make sense, or or the the uh, the the offer and the logo on the airplane uh, right. trays yeah. make wow, sense. That's right. Do you remember idea. that? <laughs> You, you're forgetting a lot of things. There, there were a lot of cool things. Wow. I mean, it was it was the biggest growth, I think, you know, we had at the that time. That was the
1: program with Tom Greenway. That was, yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. Greenway. Yeah, Greenway. Yeah, yeah, wow. American
2: Airlines. Wow. Um, How about that? And, and, you know, so the thing, he would come in, it was like, <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, this one I think looks good, or yeah. that one doesn't look good. And, you know, the one thing I, I appreciated, he, he – didn't get his feelings hurt because he was back at it with another idea. There you go you know.
0: And that's it because you're willing to learn. Yeah. And you're learning to earn every day just like the book says. Every yep. day. Philemon Lopez, it was an absolute pleasure. Likewise. Congratulations on your retirement. Best Thank of luck you. with your photography and I'm sorry for the revelation that he forged that Don Chula signature. <laughs> so no 25 However long I'm just kidding of course. I, would I know have, I know. I would have no idea. But the lessons are true. We talk about it all the time. If you don't like someone, you're not going to do business with someone. And if someone's hard selling you, you're automatically pushing back because you don't nobody likes to be sold. They need to be informed. They may need, but they don't like the process of somebody, hey, coming at you, right? You know, I love thinking back to that time when I went to the office with
1: legitimately no agenda. I, I really wasn't there to sell. That's how it works. And I think a takeaway for salespeople that hurts them is they walk in with an intent to sell. I believe they should be a client, and here's the what I want to sell them, here's what I want them to spend. And all of that is wasted energy because... It's all in the control of the person that you're, Amen. you know, you're working with. So if you go in with the agenda, hey, if there's a spark there, and we could build a friendship. Who knows what can happen? It would be much greater than the. That's the, the organic way it begins. Yeah. And so you know, it's great after all these years yeah. that we we are still friends. Pick up the phone. If I was in trouble, I know I could call him and he'd be there, and vice versa. Yep. And we've been there for each other's families, and Amen. so. It is awesome to see you, my friend. Likewise, likewise. Thank you, Philemon Lopez. Thank you, appreciate it,
0: John. Steve, we don't uh, we don't ask people how you doing. Like you say you live the life, of tell me something good. That's the way it should begin. That's the way it should go. So, on this 13th episode, tell us something good. Uh, besides uh, seeing my friend Philemon, I leave for Vegas tomorrow. So, uh, uh-huh. a,
1: a client uh, that oh, nice. I spoke to in Orlando and uh, at Albany. I'm sorry, in December. Uh, their sister company hired me to speak in Vegas at their meeting, and that client opportunity said that they heard such great things. They're bringing five of their pro- of their clients. Oh, that's great. great. To be included in the room, so that's great. there'll be a big room of uh, of salespeople waiting to hear what I have to say. And uh, I love going to going to Vegas. Amen. Reuniting with some friends, I'll be with my friends at the um, UFC. Oh, very and, nice. Um, yeah, it's just a great time, you know, to be there and do stuff. So, um, you know, gratitude abounds.
0: And attitude of gratitude, as we often gratitude say. Of want to do it again? Want to do it again another time? I want to do it again. And do it again another time. Listen, for Steve Nudelberg, Josh Corn, thanks for listening to Episode 13, Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast. And we'll catch you next time.